0: Oh, hello everybody, I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dell and Emerson Show.
1: Great talk. Real gay.
0: Look at you, serving fashion masks.
1: I know, and my earplugs don't seem to be working. I just slid in. So, uh, how are you, Emerson Collins? Usually when we start the show, we've talked 17 times that
0: day, and all day, every day since but I actually haven't seen your face for a minute. I'm fine, how are you? I
1: know, we are, this is all new. Uh, I, I'm trying to get my ear, ear stuff. I know, it's like, it was, I was thinking about that on the way over here. I was thinking, oh my God, I haven't spoken to Emerson in so long and uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty good, how are you?
0: I'm fine, you know, doing things, oh, uh, fun things. Uh, It's Tuesday, right? It's funny, like this is how long I haven't talked to you. I sent off all the letters that I wrote to unlikely voters on Saturday during the hashtag the big send for vote forward. I took mine down to the post office. It was very exciting. But honestly, all I've been doing is like sending texts, writing letter and Blake and I working on our show. That's all I got.
1: Well, I'm taking these out because they don't seem to be working today. I don't know what I'm doing right. Now. I'm not going to focus on that. I can hear you just fine. Oh, good. Uh, I just didn't want it be echoing through, you know, as dirty as we get. And here I am teaching at a college. I have to be a, an example. It's not true at all. They love that I was that about I'm to say. My, 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 um, my boss basically told me, he said, oh, yeah, you can just breathe in for three weeks and then you're gone. <laughs> do whatever you want.
0: Honestly, by the time a complaint made its way through the system, you won't be there anymore anyway.
1: They treat me so well. I love it here. And and Emerson, I have to tell you, I don't think I've talked to you since, but the other day I saw something live for the first time they put on a dance recital. with. They had masks on, they were all social distancing, but it was really amazing outside to right by the river where you know where Weezer and them had that uh, Christmas thing. I think was it Christmas? <laughs> it was some holiday. It's still, uh-huh, Mexico. Uh-huh. but uh, it was it was just wonderful to sit there and enjoy something live again. You know, because we've been yes. just so confined, watching each other on Zoom. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. Um, And speaking of Zoom, first of all, hello, everybody. Whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Periscope, on Twitter, say hello. Uh, Thank you for joining us for our earlier time. For those of you that are watching later, because you're working, you're essential, you have jobs to do. Thank you all for tuning in as well. But speaking of Zoom.
1: Yes. Oh, my God.
0: Y'all, if you you somehow missed it because you don't live on social media, which one good? uh, Zoom Dick. Was trending yesterday afternoon because of an unfortunate incident that Jeffrey Tubin rather not
1: discuss right now. No, he sure he. And you know what? It, it, when I saw it, well, I, I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't know. I, 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 I just can't even imagine Jeffrey Tubin masturbating. I just don't want to. But well, now you and entirely too much of the country has. It you know because I don't know about you but I so respect him and he's just been such a, um, a a force on CNN for so long with such intelligence and insight and it just like I said yes yeah, sir that is a glaring error that is a big error in judgment I think is the way he put it
0: yes for those of you who didn't see CNN correspondent legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin was a part of a giant Zoom call doing some kind of election mock thing. And some of them were playing Democrats, some playing Republicans, some playing legal people. And two groups broke off into different sessions. Um, And then Jeffrey Toobin um, switched to another screen. The specifics aren't really clear, but the result was that at one point he tilted his camera down and himself was exposed and he was diddling with it. And then he exited the Zoom and then came right back in like nothing had happened.
1: And, and did, did, did people say, of uh, uh, Jeffrey. Um...
0: Apparently nothing was said and they went right on. There's two anonymous people who say that they like saw things happening. Um, and whether it was he thought he was in another session, he t- was taking the bathroom break to release a little tension. I'm not sure on the specifics. But, y'all, it is certainly a lesson that we joke about not wearing pants when you're doing these sessions. But for the record, I am wearing pants. Yes.
1: So I didn't mean to expose my midriff, but I have pants on, too. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: So that so um, his tube in
1: was tube out, I guess, so to speak. So yeah, so they suspended him from the New Yorker, but I don't think they suspended him from CNN. They let him take a personal leave, I believe. Um, But Lord,
0: it's awkward because if you're gonna risk that kind of break, I mean, we need to all understand our electronics. If we assume in good faith that the attempt was not just to expose himself to some work colleagues, y'all, you really need to understand whether that little camera right up there, what's happening with it and what program's on.
1: It's green. It's green. I see that it's green right now, and you can kind of see yourself. That's what I don't understand. Because on Zoom, he said I thought my audio and my video was off, but it shows a picture of you. It doesn't. It. It. it this is live. That's what doesn't make sense at all to me. Did he just not look? Was he looking at porn on his um, on his iPhone? I mean, because you know, I mean, let's face it, our age. We need a little porn. We need something to help us. It's not like the imagination is that good anymore for that. Not for me, at least. So
0: um, so it at least provided everyone a little bit of entertainment uh, and a big embarrassment uh, and a little moral of the story um, to make real, real sure before you get to your personal business and your computer time to just really make sure everything's in its fully off position.
1: Absolutely. And, and here's the other lesson, you know, end your day. Injured day, it's the greatest sleeping pill in the world. Just masturbate at the end of the day. Yeah, you have to be a real sex crazy person to feel like, Oh, I've got to take a break during my Zoom, you know. Right. You, so, you, do you mind during that one, uh, that one story on Amy, Comey, Barry? Can you just hide me for a little here. I just need to take care of myself. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna
0: send you out, I'm gonna take care of some business for a minute, and then <laughs> oh, I'm right back. Oh, it's real quick.
1: Ooh, that was quick, Emerson.
0: I can't... Hey, sometimes if it's been a while, it's a quick, you know, one, two-pump chump. Uh, (laughs) Um, Rob, I will shamelessly take a moment for self-promotion. So excited about my show on Sunday. Thank you. That is what Blake and I are doing uh, very hard this week. We are deep in rehearsals for our Once Upon a Lockdown show happening this Sunday. Uh, We are doing a Disney Villains medley. We're singing some songs based on some witchy stuff. Basically, we just used the Halloween season as an excuse uh, to do some songs. We made a couple of mashups and medleys that no one asked for. Um, So, y'all, I appreciate everybody that's bought tickets. We are very excited. You can get tickets on my website. And just so you know, you don't have to watch it live. It's streaming to a private YouTube, but if you're busy on Sunday at 5 o'clock Pacific, if you buy a ticket, you'll be able to watch the show for the whole week after Sunday. So thank y'all, I appreciate the support. Um, I'm having a really good time. I, and I, got a ticket I, bought my I saw, Did you? I, 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 got I got a little, I get a notification for every ticket sale. It was very exciting this morning to see your name roll in.
1: Well, I couldn't very well come on the show and act like I, oh, uh, you say, and then you would say, well, I didn't see your ticket come in. So I knew that you would not be kind enough to let me, you know, slide if I lied So I said, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I appreciate it. And you have a big weekend this weekend, this yeah, fundraiser. I do. And, and we're doing so well. I wish I'd I i wish I'd had a uh, chance a chance to check our numbers but I think we're over 18,000 for sure and our goal is 25,000 for the Desert AIDS Walk and we have such an amazing team and our um, our team captain's Art Gregory who just passed the $5,000 he's alone weighs he it <laughs> raised five thousand dollars already. Or you are at eighteen thousand
0: eight hundred and fifty six dollars and fifty three cents of the twenty five thousand dollar goal. That's amazing. Maybe,
1: maybe by the end of this show we can go to nineteen thousand. Y'all find my page. I did hit my goal. I did a goal for twenty five hundred, and yesterday I hit it. I think I went over twenty eight hundred this morning. So I'm happy, but I'm I'm happy to do more. And it's yeah. I, I want to be honest with you it is uh it's harder to um to raise this year than it has been in the past so please go of to page the links are there uh, many many links i don't know if we put it up or not the link but i it, did i put it in the chat room okay great so go to that link and you can see your favorite ann walker's walking where well, none of us are walking really but uh i will be giving uh we're gonna do a zoom we're gonna do a virtual two hour marathon at five o'clock central time on uh sunday so uh i think that's right uh but you you'll get you'll get all the information check my facebook it'll all be there but we're gonna do a really great final clip and do it yes
0: um all right y'all well what we do here is the lgbtq news and nonsense stories we think you need to hear stories we think you'll want to hear and hey skip that first story and go ahead to the second your story
1: Oh, did we go so over already? No, I'm going to save it for Friday after. Okay. All right. Well, th- these, the, the, the headline that Emerson wrote is Trump rally, pride rallies continue. But I say Trump pride, goddamn rallies continue. And it was, uh, the, we, we uh, saw one this week uh, that they seem to almost be a secret because you basically have to know about them to find out where they are, which that's fine with me. But uh, Laura Trump spoke as just dumb as a, just, a bar of soap at the Trump Pride in Pennsylvania last week free, featuring Richard motherfucking Grinnell. She stood in front of a the rainbow Trump Pride backdrop and made the absurd and unfounded allegation that Democrats are attempting b- voter fraud by fabricating mail-in ballots. Now, y'all have to listen to this next part. She seemed to say that ballots were being with the names of dead cats. Uh, The dead cats were voting for Biden. She said, and I'll quote, cats that have been dead are getting votes in the mail, but this is what they are doing now. They are trying to rig it. They know that on November 3rd that the map is going to be bright red, ladies and gentlemen, but they are trying desperately to say, oh, wait, we got the dead cat. Here's his ballot. He's voting for Joe Biden. That is their plan. Um, It seems to be a last-ditch effort to peel off right-leaning gay people without upsetting any extremist religious uh, conservatives. Then uh, this past Saturday, Grinnell hosted a Pride event in Tampa with Tiffany Trump, uh, who, by the way, left out the T in LGBTQ. Just, Just leaves it out. So um, I just hate all of them. Um, It was
0: very interesting. I have a couple of things on this. You know, we've talked a lot about Richard Grinnell here on the show. I posted a thing on my Instagram this weekend about Richard Grinnell, like with his like Trump pride photos, just like with a vomit emoji. And it was fascinating how many people didn't know who he was. And part of me thinks one, great, that's a good thing. But the other thing is, it's a little concerning that we did, that we don't pay a lot of attention to what the LGBTQ conservatives are doing, you know, because he is influential in the Trump campaign. That guy that has the walkaway campaign—that's like the gay Candace Owens—has a huge influence. And finally, this morning, it was very interesting. I'll show you this video because we talked about these Trump Pride rallies. Nobody seemed to know about, but this video came out of Tiffany in Tampa this weekend. And so today, it was suddenly a big deal. And I want y'all to see. Can you see that video? That's Tiffany on the stage. Uh, But look at the room. They at least did social distance. Um, The chairs. There. um, Well, but it's funny because it's like it looks like no one's there, but it's also like they did social distancing, which people have not been doing at Trump rallies. So, which is like good on one hand and sad on the other. But she basically, in that video, got up and said, I have gay friends. You know, I have all these gay friends. Of course, my dad is for y'all. Uh, but it was, but it took that video to get the wider culture, I guess, to be aware that these sort of pride rallies have been happening. Um so but it's no, just interesting he, when people pay attention. He has no true
1: friends. No, no, don't no. keep that letter out.
0: Uh, The other thing I did love, though, is that Tiffany's trending and it's all about Tiffany at the rally. And I feel like that's very upsetting to Richard Grinnell since he's had a big hand in making all these happening along with that log cabin GOP president. And the fact that he's probably irritated he's not trending with her makes me
1: a little happy. Every time that happens, I even tweeted this morning when I tweeted it, I retweeted. I retweeted Tiffany and I said, yes, but let's let's be honest. The GOP, if you're if you're for Trump and you are gay. You are a self-loathing gay person because the GOP platform speaks volumes against you and your rights. It still does. Do not be mistaken. They never fucking bring that up. Yep, absolutely.
0: So, but at least they're getting some shunning and some shaming today, and I'm glad. Uh, We also had this week the 2020 Tony Award nominations finally came out. It's a very weird year. Lots of shows didn't open because they were going to open in April or May. But a great deal of excitement for our community. Slave Play, the controversial play about interracial relationships by Black gay playwright Jeremy O'Harris, made history by becoming the most nominated non-musical play in Tony history. In twelve nominations, Harris was in shock when he heard the news, and he tweeted, "I loved this. Like the excitement and the enthusiasm." Um, for his play, he said, obviously my first response is to say insane, make a thanks Amy Cooper joke, or just remind everyone all the people these awards generally ignore, but I can't do that. I'm lit crying, legit car- crying, in shock, a play about black inferiority, psychic death, and chattel slavery most ever. Um, and Jeremy O'Harris is doing huge things Across lots of entertainment right now. He's also a co producer on HBO's Euphoria. He was a co writer of the upcoming film Zola that was based on a Twitter thread. And he signed a two year overall deal with HBO that includes discretionary funds to use for theater. I love, like, he got theater promotion in his HBO deal. I mean, that is someone who loves the theater, champions the theater. Uh, but he's currently promoting a, a piece called Circle Jerk Live. It's a three-person, nine-character digital piece called, that says a queer comedy about the tragedy of being gay. And y'all, Dell, I didn't show you this because I want you to be able to watch it live. As independent theater producers, we have done and will do anything to promote a piece, to get people to show up, to let them see it. And Jeremy O'Harris has just been nominated for 12... Uh, 12- Tony Awards, and yet he's also putting out this video. Uh, Hold on, shoot, I didn't put the sound. Uh, He's he's (laughs) putting out this video to promote the piece that he wants people to watch online, and I just appreciated the willingness to do absolutely everything. Okay, now you should be able to hear it.
1: The play is called Circle Jerk Live. I know, crazy title, amazing play. It's in the tradition of Charles Lutland's Theater of the Ridiculous. And it's also um, a little inspired by Ex Machina. The place by white gay conservatives vacationing on Gay Man Island. And it is fucking hilarious. You have to watch it. You just have to watch it. You can stream it from your house. And tickets are between $5 and $50. Depending on how much money you have to give them. But let me just say that everyone who's like, how do we see theater in this crazy time needs to see the show. It is literally the best reference for how we can make theater for a digital age now. Just now. It's fully necessary. Yes, um, There it is.
0: Like... Twerking to sell tickets, like I just appreciate it. I appreciate the enthusiasm. I appreciate the shamelessness. I thought, you know, I have put up speedo photos next to ticket links to try to get people to pay attention. Yes. Um, and that digital piece, I'm putting the link in the in the chat now. It's running through this Friday, the 23rd. Tickets are uh, from five to fifty dollars. And then the other Tony's piece, the the inheritance, um, the the play about AIDS across the 80s and the multi-generational play was nominated for 11 awards. So Uh, two uh, huge uh, LGBTQ representative pieces, uh, big in this very strange year for the Tonys. uh, Yes? uh,
1: No, go ahead, go ahead, go
0: ahead. And one random bit of trivia, the lead actor in a musical category only has one nominee. Because there's only apparently like two guys eligible, it's awkward for that one who didn't get nominated. But even weirder, he has to get sixty percent of the votes to win, even though he's the only person in the category. Mm. Now he probably will. But Lord, it'd be awkward if you lost and you were the only nominee.
1: Well, I've, I've been—it's some uh, awkward shows where I was nominated, and they—I I, my my big one was when I was nominated for direction of Trailer Trash Housewife for the Ovation Awards, and they said there is a three-way tie, and um, I did <laughs> not win. Uh, (laughs) Like at least fourth. I was at least fourth, Uh, fourth, fifth, or sixth. I got fourth, fifth, or sixth. Uh, Emerson, someone was worried about. uh, No, I I I misspoke. Our your, your show's on Sunday, right? Yes. Yes. Our our Zoom uh, thing is on Saturday. So we're it's no conflict, no conflict. We are not going to conflict with Emerson and Blake show. All right. Uh, Wait, Chris said, I always show my straights your jock mask PSA.
0: I know I had somebody write me on Instagram and say, oh, you're the jockstrap mask guy. And I thought, you know, you always talk about how creator of sorted lives will be written on your tombstone. It just cannot be like the jockstrap mask guy on mine.
1: Well, I go one step further and say the most famous line I ever wrote was, Do you see my pussy now? Which, I mean, I've written a lot of really great lines, but that's the most quoted one, which is a little... mm. That is not gonna be on my tombstone. All right, onward to a really, really wonderful story. The AIDS Memorial Quilt is going digital for World AIDS Day. The National AIDS Memorial, the caretaker of the quilt is inviting individual businesses and nonprofits across the United States to participate in a pioneering virtual exhibition. In past years, the memorial worked with partners to create thousands of displays showcasing portions of the quilt. You're seeing it there and uh, a moving memorial that, that pl- pays tribute to the victims of the AIDS crisis within its panel, uh, timed to World World AIDS Day. Since this is now impossible due to COVID-19, display hosts are invited this year to curate quilt sections in a digital space organized, organized by state, which can be viewed online for the world to see. This will also be the first ever 50-state exhibition of the quilt so there are some positives to this crazy time we're going through uh john cunningham executive director of the nationals age memorial hopes this virtual exhibition will send a Vital message during a new pandemic. He said, World's a- World AIDS Day is now taking on new meaning this year as COVID 19 has brought an enormous loss of life and grief to millions of people. During the darkest days of the AIDS crisis, the quilt was a source of immense comfort, inspiration, and used as a tool for social activism to open the eyes of the nation to injustice, and to help survivors grieve and heal. Through this exhibition, we hope the power and the beauty of the quilt can serve the same purpose for those who are experiencing loss and grief due to COVID-19. The $500 fee for virtual display host, which must be received by November the 1st, will go towards caretaking of the quilt. The free exhibition will launch November 16th, and it will run through March the 31st. To learn more, go to www.aidsmemorial.org uh, forward slash virtual 2020. It's right there on our screen.
0: I love that. It's so smart and so effective in such an interesting way for people to be able to enjoy uh, the quilt virtually. I mean, it's such an important piece of iconography, of fundraising, of awareness. Um, it just It's just so smart. I love how people are being creative uh, within the pandemic to still be able to do the important work that they do. So uh y'all go check that out. I loved it. Oh, Victor Roberts just bought a ticket to my show. Thank you so much.
1: Victor. It's dangerous.
0: These all these things that send you emails when the you know when things happen. Get distracted. Thank you, Victor. I mean in fun news, I mean she's she's gone from dancing with the stars. Uh but dear Carol Baskin is still making news. She talked to Pink News after being eliminated from the show and said, I was engaged to a psychologist, and that was his entire field, dealing with the LGBT community. She was engaged in the 80s to this psychologist. She said it was during the period when AIDS was just wreaking havoc around the world and people were losing their loved ones. And so I became very close to people in that community of growing up, she said. I was always very male oriented in things I did. I never had any mothering instincts or anything, you know, I never played with dolls. And so I always thought there was something off there that I couldn't put my finger on. But it was during the 80s that I discovered that through dealing with the LGBT plus community that I had just as equal feelings for women as I did for men. I have always considered myself to be bisexual. Even though I've never had a wife, I could just as easily have a wife as a husband as far as the way I feel about us. I think we are all one, and I just don't see us as being different genders or different colors or anything. When asked if she thinks Joe Exotic is a good representation of our community, she said, I think he's an embarrassment to the human community. It's not a matter of what your sexuality is. This man is just a deviant in the way that he treats human life and animal life. So still not a Joe Exotic fan, Ms. Baskin.
1: I I don't care if she's by or not. I'm not a fan of hers. But uh, that's okay.
0: (laughs) Matt Burton said Carol Baskin should have warned her first husband. You were supposed to eat the pussy, not let the pussy eat you.
1: Oh, Matt. Oh, Matt. Speaking
0: of, I know this isn't as fun for everybody. Drag Race Holland is currently airing on WoW Presents Plus on the app. And they just did their snatch game, you know, in Holland and the winner of the snatch game spoiler alert spoiler alert spoiler alert uh did joe exotic oh <laughs> as the character so everyone's speaking in dutch and um and they do a little back and forth in english and he just full on does this thick country decent accent in english as joe exotic and it was hysterical
1: that's yeah. great yeah that's- Great. I was like,
0: and also really smart because I bet he got lots of international fans because everybody knows who that is. Yeah, All of the, you know, typical Americans watching who only speak English definitely understood the Snatch Game. It's named Chelsea Boy is the queen in question. And I was guffawing. We watched it last night.
1: Awesome. Well, we have uh, some uh, Christian news. Uh, we talk about religion and sexuality, and it's been part of... Uh, uh, our our uh, platform, Emerson and myself, uh, with Southern Baptists for many years, and we want to also celebrate when religious people do the right thing as well. And a bipartisan Christian super PAC has announced a six-figure ad buy in battleground states, Michigan and Pennsylvania, that targets Catholic and evangelical voters. The ads from "Not Our Faith" President Donald Trump for using. Uh, Christianity as a weapon and a political tool. You want to show it right now? Keep talking. Okay. Trump barely won in both states in uh, 2016 and right-wing Christian voters overwhelmed in Michael Weir, a former faith advisor in the Obama administration, advisor to the PAC, said Trump eked out 2016 with unprecedented support from white evangelicals. And important to note, a really strong showing among Catholics. We're going after it all. We think Christian support is on the table in this election. The ad says Trump has used Christianity for his own purposes and shows the images of Trump holding a Bible after gassing people protesters outside the White House televangelist turned White House advisor Paula White such a fucking hypocrite and this great evangelical leader Jerry Falwell Jr. the narrator says at the end Mr. President the days of using our faith for your benefit are over we know the support of Christians like us to win this election but you can't have it not our vote not our faith and y'all watch this it is wonderful Yes, uh, I planted it in the
0: background and your words lined up right when the words appeared on screen. Oh, I'm glad I took that little pause that I was confused. Uh-huh. For the performance. Yeah. But really, I do love this. You know, we talk a lot about, right, holding our communities accountable. And, you know, when Christians are being bigots that other Christians should be calling them out, not just those of us that are the targets of the bigotry. So I love this ad that these people stood up and said, he doesn't represent our faith. He shouldn't be using our faith to get our vote. And he doesn't represent what we believe or what we stand for. And y'all don't vote for him in Pennsylvania or Michigan.
1: I'm telling you, it slammed in the face of Christian hypocrisy. It was so brilliantly executed, so well edited. I mean, when Paula White came on and said, give us one, you write that $100,000 check. I was like, yes, show as she's, you know, Used much of it on her latest facelift.
0: Yes. Well, and you know, I I have a hard enough asking for. I have a hard enough time asking for money for stuff that really matters, or for our piddly little commercial uh, for our work on this show. I cannot imagine being on television and being that wealthy and asking for a hundred thousand dollars.
1: We've never asked for a hundred thousand. Never. <laughs>
0: we... That's right. Although, if you have it. Um, I will happily take it. In fact, we've reached the center of our show and we'll just use that transition to say, look, we are not Paula asking for a hundred thousand dollars, but we work hard to bring you a show that we hope is both informative and entertaining. And if you've given to every cause and every candidate you can possibly think of and still have some money left over and want to toss a dollar, five, ten, fifty, a hundred, a 1, thousand, a hundred thousand don't give us a hundred thousand dollars. What would I do with
1: that? I don't even know. I'd just be like running around town naked. I could so figure it out, <laughs> but
0: you can send us a tip on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on pay, PayPal to Beard Shores, uh, Productions at gmail.com. and we are very grateful uh, yes, to those who can't, uh, to those who can, and if you can't, we are glad that you show up, that you share the broadcast, that you comment and have a good time
1: communing with us here and come in early to accommodate my schedule these two or three weeks i appreciate that very much
0: you know i kind of like this doing it earlier in the day i like get up get things done do the show and then i'm like i've, I've got i got i got some songs i got to work on i messed up some lyrics in our rehearsal yesterday so
1: oh um, and I bet you Blake is let you got to you got to rehearse him or so you got to rehearse
0: um that's right we got to get the work done um, all right, we've had some very serious shows uh, with all the politics and stuff. So this second half, for the most part, I found some more fun, silly things uh, for us to, like, laugh and have a good time with. Because, you know, if we get too dark, y'all, we'll never will never get a crawl out of these holes. Um, this next one, I want y'all to watch this video. Um, it has uh, appeared on the social media. It is out of Egypt. Um, now, can y'all see? Did that show up? Okay, good. Ooh, I right. see This happened in Egypt. Now, this is not a pride parade. That is not a float for the Abbey or for Fire Island. This is a police military exercise. Wow. I mean, it is bonkers. Because it is 1,500 uh, of an Egyptian military graduation in New Cairo. They show off their buff physiques, posing on military equipment, jumping through rings of fire, somersaulting over sharp spikes to show off counterterrorism tactics uh, at the police academy. They also demonstrate their physical abilities doing a series of stunts, such as climbing the facade of a building, doing push-ups, or breaking concrete blocks. At the end of the ceremony, the new officers were greeted by their families and congratulated by Egypt's super homophobic president. But like, y'all, all those men, a little oiled up. That's advertising something, I don't know. That that line between like super weirdly aggressive masculinity and gay, it's like a full circle where it just meets back in the middle.
1: It met me right here. I And I just, for some reason, I just started... Singing, I fell into a burning fire. Yes, <laughs> down, down, down.
0: <laughs> it's like it's like bodybuilder posing straps. I'm like, sir, you're oiled up in a thong. Like, well, it's not a posing strap.
1: And, and you know, it's it's always like they're like uh, every time those firemen uh, calendars come out, like yeah, the ones where they're like, oh, these are for our female fans. Oh, let's get real here. We're the ones who buy them. We are the ones who support those firemen calendars. Yes. I'm pretty sure.
0: And also, I'm thrilled to have straight men embrace their bodies, embrace the thong and the jockstrap, not shaming, it should be for everybody. Look who just showed up with a question.
1: Yes, Ann Walker, we did talk about him. Was we sure talking, did. I want to know something, Ann Walker. Was he talking to you when this all went down? Was that what was going on? Because that makes sense to me. Uh, you were you were ranting about Trump. It was getting him off a little bit, and things heated up. That's my. That's that's what's in. It. So,
0: Ann Walker, did you get an eyeful of Jeffrey's tube steak?
1: <laughs> I just want to know what it looks like. Um, I don't. You don't? I, I kinda, don't. I kind of do. I'm kind of curious. Um, I have uh, to admit, I did Google uh, images and I couldn't find anything. Nobody seemed to have taken a screenshot. So well, Anne, you have it. Let me have it.
0: Well, you know about Zooms, you know, it's, it's, it's dependent on the host, right? Whether the Zoom is recorded or not. And if that Zoom was being recorded, it could get out
1: there. But you could push that uh, command shift three on my computer and get a real screenshot. Quick... Oh, and... it was.
0: Look, it was Ann yeah. Walker. It was sex Skyping with Jeffrey Tubin. You heard it right here, allegedly.
1: This is this is a scoop, y'all. This is what we call an exclusive. Ann Walker was sexting on Zoom with Jeffrey Tubin when it all went down. Spread the word. Um, all right, Dr.
0: Victor said, "Was it bigger than a toothpick?" Yeah. Well, you don't want to floss with it;
1: <laughs> it's real small. And and you could have at least lied for him. Uh will sweet. Some people are growers. That's right. That's right. No shame at all. Okay, this is uh, this is an interesting story for me because uh, in Virginia, Sarah Osborne Barwick posted a screenshot taken from her friend's security camera last week that shows a middle-aged white woman getting out of her black SUV and grabbing a Biden sign from someone's front lawn. There she is. Look at her just uh, attempting to run in her post, she wrote, "Hi, Scottsville sign stealer Karen. Hope you had fun. FYI, I just no- donated to Joe in your honor. Have a nice day. Please, please, please share this post. So far, Barwick's post has received over seventeen thousand. I'm sure it's been more than since this this, is, this uh, story was written. Although this the woman has yet to be publicly identified, stealing or vandalizing a yard signs in a Class One misdemeanor in Virginia and is punishable with a $2,500 fine and up to one year in jail, Karen. In an update to her original post about the Biden sign stealer, Barwick implied the woman has been located and said, the situation has been handled. She wrote, in a friend's picture, don't worry, it's been handled. What does that mean, Emerson, in a friend's picture?
0: It was not her photo. People thought it was hers up front. It was her friend's photo.
1: Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Well, um, you know why I loved this story? Because when I was, you you know, I I told this story uh, in my show, when I was uh, doing uh, phone banking for Mike Espy, this woman was very concerned because a lot of Mike Espy signs had gone, disappeared. And she said, we weren't doing a good job. And I said, no, they're vandalized. They have been stolen. It was on the news last night. She said, well, whoever done that should have been shot. And I said, ma'am, ma'am, Lois, we are Democrats. And she said, I don't care. I'm a Democrat with a gun. That's right.
0: Um, <laughs> Anne Ann is in the same camp as her.
1: <laughs>
0: now, I don't know that we need to be sending people to prison for stealing a yard sign, but I do think you lead a sad life if what you need to do is get out and steal people's yard signs. Like that doesn't do anything, ma'am. It's like that Mary Kay woman driving around in her Mary, Mary Kay town car stealing signs that we did a couple weeks ago.
1: I know it, I
0: know it. Pat just said, did you see the naked guy on TMZ sign stealing? I mean, if you're gonna steal signs, do it naked. So when you get caught on camera, it's interesting. It's
1: more interesting and we are, at least we will watch and zoom in. Um, Absolutely. Like Uh, uh, freeze framing Matt Bomer on uh, boys in the band like me. I am pretty positive that a lot of you were.
0: Be like, look, it's the little it's the it's it's the little titillations that get us through. I'll be honest. I'm still I had so much shame around like my sexuality, like the feeling betrayed by my own body and nakedness through all of that religious trauma that I still get a little titillated, excited when like a Hulu show says adult content nudity. I'm like nudity. Is it going to be a man's butt? Like I still feel like that same 14 year old that was like, look at a butt. It's a butt. It's a butt.
1: Emerson, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a little tip. There's this place called Pornhub. Not familiar. <laughs> you could see so many butts. It's so. I many. know, but it's different when
0: it's in like porn context than you expect it. I like a surprise butt. You, you know, like, like oh, they're just having an argument and now he's walking towards the shower and the fat and the towel drops <gasps>
1: But Oh my God, Hugh Jackman is doing frontal. That's the kind of stuff you like.
0: You know, just a little, oh, oh, surprise peen. Not like Jeffrey Tubin in a work call, but just in like a movie where they're living their life. Yeah. Anyway, in our serious candidate spotlight, our LGBTQ candidate spotlights this week, I wanted to share about Democrat Jessica Katzenmeyer's running to represent Wisconsin State Assembly District 15. And she could be the first out trans state representative in Wisconsin. She told LGBTQ Nation it'd be such an honor but my campaign is focused on me being the better choice here than my opponent. She said she was inspired to run after nearly dying from a staph infection last year. She was felt so fortunate to have health insurance to cover her $80,000 hospital bills. And she didn't know what she would have done otherwise, especially during a pandemic. She added, it's crucial to have a leader who will prioritize health and safety. I want to put up her uh, campaign link uh, real quick while I share about her. Um, and I appreciated She talked very openly about the, the jobs that she's worked. And sh- uh, she said she hopes to prioritize access to mental health care, increase funding for infrastructure. Her district, she said, has been hard hit by the opioid crisis. She believes legalizing marijuana is a step to overcoming the challenge. She's currently a rideshare driver. And she also spent time as a musical theater and stage actress at the community theater level. She also worked for UPS for over 12 years she spent three years on the UPS Employee Relations Committee. Um, and I just appreciated that Jessica and I, she and I have basically had the same life journey. She was a community theater actress, then she drove for Lyft. And I was like, Jessica, we have been on the same life journey together. I appreciate her.
1: But you skipped it. You <laughs> did a couple of movies in between the community. Well, yes. <laughs>
0: I know, but I did movies and then went back to the lift. Not the other <laughs> direction.
1: It just shows you aspiring actors. The ride is up and down and up and down.
0: You stay committed to it. And I did want to tell y'all, um, the campaign that I made so you can donate to all of the uh, uh 11 sended candidates that we talked about and the nine LGBT candidates that I talked about, you can donate to all of them in one click. And look, over 33 people have contributed, we're up over $2,400. So I just wanna say a huge thank you uh, to the people who have contributed that way. And of course, I know many of you are contributing to the campaigns directly, which is amazing. I just wanted to make an easy, an easy one click for these and I'll put it in the chat room again.
1: You are, you have been working at Emerson, I am so happy. And, and you know, here be, I I know, here,
0: but I'll be really honest. I told somebody yesterday, I said, look, my work for the campaigns, my work for the candidates, I've definitely done more this election cycle than any other. It's as much for me as it is for the candidates. It makes me feel productive, you know, sending texts for Biden. And while I send the text, I was writing letters last week. This fundraising, I can contribute a little. Other people contribute a little. Together, we're all contributing a lot. It makes me feel like I'm really doing something rather than just sitting at home anxious and frustrated. You know, it's as much for me it's like what they used to say right giving is as much about the how you feel giving the gift as it is about the other person receiving it
1: Absolutely well but and, and I love that how many people have thanked you on Twitter and thanked us for uh, spotlighting them them on our show that really says a lot when you take the time to thank those are, who are helping and we are it is our pleasure I really absolutely. Really, so, okay, I don't know that I could make it through this story without just laughing. I cannot You're welcome. I could not stop laughing when you sent me this. Uh, Alicia Beverly was on a flight from Las Vegas to Detroit, and she was returning from vacation. She, had, she she, just had so much fun, just so much fun. The food, everything was just so good, that shrimp cocktail. Most people on the red eye were asleep, and <laughs> she was awakened with some. Something that felt warm just started pouring over her and she looked up and there was a <laughs> there, was, there was a man peeing on her. She said, I jumped up and I see his private area out and I scream and that woke up everybody. By that time, I actually looked at him and I see him shake himself off. <laughs> and I'm like, this magic on me. I looked and there was a puddle of pee in the seat. Oh my God. Uh, fortunately, an off duty police officer was on the plane to restrain the man who had only been identified as a well-known pastor <laughs> from, from North Carolina. All right. I want to say that I get it. Okay. Because representative for the pastors claim he was suffering from a reaction to a sleep aid. and. I believe it, I believe it, I I believe it. Uh, Beverly says she was then (laughs) forced to sit in wet clothes. I know it's not funny, Beverly, I'm sorry. For several more hours before the plane landed, authorities took the man into custody and it has not been reported if the pastor has been charged with anything. Beverly said that she left work yesterday because I couldn't stay, but I had to tell them why I needed to leave. It was a lot. My anxiety was really high, literally. Since then, I've only got four hours of sleep. Look, I took Ambien one time and I ate fried chicken, left the bones on my friend Joey's nightstand. And then I threw all of my hair products in the toilet and then I apologized to him about eating his fried chicken. And he said, well, that's not the only thing you did. You unloaded this picnic basket that I had taken out the next day and you stuffed all the picnic basket, including the wicker into the dishwasher. So I have, I've kind of had ambient experiences and I, I really feel that's what must have happened. I'm sorry. I'm not giving you that.
0: Like if you have problems when you want pills, you don't take them. I mean, this is like, we are, there's going to be a porn release next week called pastoral piss play. Like,
1: this, I mean, Alicia is traumatized. She's only slept four I hours know, in the last couple of days. Therapy, I'm sure. But um, I I do think you, you, you someone may have said, that, uh, Pastor, Pastor, you want to get some sleep on that red eye here? I'm going to give you a couple of Ambien. They just knock you right out. He didn't realize that there was an amnesiac side effect. Here's why I don't believe that. It's been several days and there has not been a
0: comment from him. And if you're a pastor, you took some pills and peed on somebody. You need to be up at that pulpit. I'm going to find any more words that I can say that start with a P. You need to get up at that pulpit and apologize. And preach an apology. And preach a pastoral apology for your piss play to Alicia. And look, the real trauma is, and I get, she had to sit in those wet clothes. Like, it's one thing to get peed on. I got to be honest. I would almost accept getting peed on at 35,000 feet to tell this story for the rest of my life. Because this isn't embarrassing for Alicia. It's just a hysterical story. But if I had to sit in it for several hours afterwards, that's like you're just sitting in someone else's
1: pee. That's when you say, I wish I hadn't checked that carry-on. I wish I mean, somebody else on that
0: airplane had a change of clothes in their carry-on for Alicia. I I will help you out here. Where was the good Samaritan? And I wait. And this reminds me of since Ann Walker was here earlier, she's probably gone. Once upon a time ago, we were in Palm Springs uh, doing the the plays and someone was trying to explain water sports to Ann Walker. And she might have been uh, we might have had been celebrating for an evening. And so Ann Walker, halfway to La Vonda, and after finally understanding what, what her sport was, said, Now look, my boys don't get paid on.
1: It should be a t
0: shirt. Now look. Um, my boys and don't I, get I say it all the time, and like no one knows the context. I
1: know, it's fantastic.
0: I do hope Alicia gets some good
1: sleep.
0: Um, oh, Ann is still here. Ann, I just wanted to share that story. Now look, my boys don't get paid on. She was. <laughs> She just didn't feel like that was something that any of us needed to go through. Um, Continuing our nonsense stories, I loved this one and well. Matamar Beach Club is a famous gay beach resort in Mexico. According to its website, it is a sophisticated, exclusive, chic, and trendy beach club located in one of the most famous gay destinations in the world, in Puerto Vallarta. The adults-only gay beach club has a series of pools and jacuzzis some of which are elevated and enclosed with see-through plexiglass walls. The club is located on a public beach which is used by families with children, which is where the trouble started. I'm Now I'll show you this blurry photo of what had happened. A video is making the rounds, appearing to show two men facing the beach, having sex in the see-through pool, visible to passersby on the public beach, And now Puerto Vallarta has fined the club because of it. Now y'all, do you see, it's it's right there. It's those two gentlemen. They are just in that plexiglass all to the beach. And I will admit, because I am a very intrepid reporter, I did go and find the uncensored video and y'all, it is so clear. It is so clear that that boy in the front pulls down the back of his drawers the man behind him definitely seems to be making an active thrusting motion. Someone sort of comes up near them and one pulls away and then it reveals he has on no swimsuit at all as he pulls his speedo back up. Wow. If I'd been walking down that beach, like I would have laughed so hard. And y'all, I'm all for a titillating experience. But like that is not the like nudie gay resort in Palm Springs. That is the clear pool. And just because you can't see yourself in the water, that is, that plexiglass is not a little bit opaque. It is just fully see-through. Michael Shepard over here being messy. He said, that's hot. Hey, Chef.
1: Emerson, you don't even know this, but the first week after driving from Texas and the Baylor bubble, landing on the beach of malibu with my friend beth blackstock i was walking down the beach malibu right in malibu and i look up and there's this straight couple and he has her bent over a rail and is just going at it and her breasts are just b- b- bouncing and i'm like welcome to california
0: hello you've been invited yeah and now here's the only moment only thing i'll say you know I feel like in these circumstances, a same-sex encounter is not ju- is judged more harshly than a opposite-sex, you know, like two teenagers in a car having sex. An officer say, you know, y'all p- pull up your pants and go home. But two dudes doing the same thing, I feel like homophobia can play a factor in the judgment of the situation because I find it. Hilarious.
1: Yes, excellent.
0: well, moving on. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Kat said link it. No, you can pull up Matamar Beach Club on YouTube and find it real quick. I can't, I don't think I can just put a, a link to porn. You can find it. It is not
1: difficult. It won't be on YouTube, will it? Because they have very- uh-huh. strict rules. Yeah,
0: because you can't see the action.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Okay, well, um, all right. On to a, uh, it is a very sweet, sad story in a way. Uh, recently, a former Mennonite pastor who was stripped of his credentials for officiating his gay son's same-sex marriage passed away at the age of 102. God said, you know what? You learned your lesson not to be homophobic. You're a good man. I'm going to let you live for a long life. In 2014, at the age of 96, Chester Wigner risked everything to stand for his gay son. Writing in the Mennonite, Chester said his son was excommunicated 35 years before he came out. He wrote, when my wife and I read the Bible with today's fractured anxious church in mind, we asked, what is Jesus calling us to do with those sons and daughters who are among the most despised people in the world in all races and communities. What would Jesus do with our sons and daughters who were bullied, homeless, sexually abused, and driven to suicide at far higher rates than our heterosexual children in 20 Fourteen, when Pennsylvania legalized same-sex marriage, his son and his partner immediately applied for a marriage license, having already been together for 27 years. When they asked Chester to marry them, he happily agreed, and so he did it in a private garden ceremony. Only six people were present. When a midnight committee decided to strip him of his credentials, he said he was at peace with their decision because my act of love was done on behalf of the church I love, and my conscience is clear. With his recent passing, his son-in-law, Stephen Denosante, wrote on Facebook, today we lost our hero, our dad, Chester Wigner, We are deeply heartbroken by this loss and saddened, but we know that his legacy of giving to others through his convictions and love will always live on. Oh, I love this story. I know.
0: And that's Chester. And of course, his gay son and his husband. Um, I just love that. You know, religious people that do the right thing. And he was like, you know, if this church doesn't accept uh, me and my sons and me doing this for my son, then I don't need to be a part of it.
1: It's just a lovely uh, reminder. Absolutely.
0: Um, and then in just fun news that I wanted to share as we keep an eye out for different kinds of LGBTQ uh, content, there is a new reality series uh, featuring a community we don't get to see as often on Netflix right now. It's called <laughs> Deaf You, um, from executive producer and out model. I'm sure you're familiar with Niall DeMarco. The show revolves around a group of college students attending a private college for deaf and hard of hearing students that Demarco graduated from in 2013. Standard reality show class relationships and more. It depicts the same run-of-the-mill college drama, and there is out LGBTQ representation. So it's streaming on Netflix now, and I thought that was great. You know, Nile, of course, well known to our community, um, but the deaf and hard-of-hearing community not as often seen, and this focusing on them in the world in which they live. So a great combination, uh, inclusive of our community and another marginalized community. So check that out on Netflix right now. Um.
1: Yes. And just a little bit of joy, uh, Brock uh, Dalglish, Salt Lake City-based fitness instructor and aerialist, posted a TikTok on National Coming Out Day of his wedding to Riley J. Barrington as they went to walk Back down the aisle together at the end, he stopped, whipped off his jacket, and he began a wedding flash mob to Lady Gaga's stupid love as the wedding part- party uh, joined again. He wrote, this was my dream come true wedding flash mob with all of my people, and it's fantastic.
0: It's just adorable. We just to share some positivity.
1: Oh. I want to hear oh, I no." Hear. Thing. I'm thing. Thing. Oh,
0: i love that his husband has no idea what's happening video, and made the wedding party
1: rehearse this.
0: Everybody now. Wow. It's so cute. So I just loved that. I thought it was so fun and charming, but also, can you imagine if you were like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be in my friend from college's wedding," and then the fiance sends you a like video full of rehearsal choreography that you have yeah. to learn before you get yourself to the wedding?
1: I'm worried a little bit about the, the about COVID and social distancing with that, but that's that's just me. I don't want to. <laughs> They're
0: like, okay, yeah. great. Well, there's that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um.
1: <laughs> Well, and then can. once the little what? One, I said you can't help but think what? about it these days. After, as you hear about you know super spreading things and all this weddings and stuff, it's it's tough. It's a tough uh-huh. time. Well,
0: well, good. Well, that's so much for our lot endings to the show. You are right. I had not considered that either. Ah, uh, <laughs> you're, well, t- you're I yeah, I it know. is. All right, and one more in what was supposed to be a silly, fun end of the show. Uh, Tom Daly has a brand new uh, Instagram account. You know, he's—it's not enough that he's an Olympian diver, uh, married to Dustin Lance Black, power gay couple. Uh, he has a Instagram account just called Made with Love by Tom Daly. He makes doilies, Charlie Brown sweater scarves, booties, a tea cozy. Y'all, he made a crochet speedo. He didn't have a pattern to follow. He just had to try and adapt some bikini bottoms to make them fit. And ask what we think. Like, one, that is so irritating. One, they look amazing. And like, he needs another talent. You know, <laughs> you know I have a speedo problem. Well, get I, me didn't a find,
1: I didn't find anything about that picture irritating. Not. I know.
0: Not. Well, I will say, you know, when, when we were staying with Philip Hodges and Scott out in Palm Springs. Philip is also a knitter and he knitted uh, a crocheted speedo as well. I sent him this photo and he said mine didn't uh come out quite as well as that.
1: Yeah, but that, like, that, that is that, a lot of work. Nice, That one fit in very nicely.
0: It's not very practical. It's yeah. cute for a photo. But y'all, you know that wool when you jump in the water, it's just gonna get soggy and fall right off.
1: It doesn't think, seem like it seemed like it might
0: itch. It might huh? itch. Jeff said, I don't see my ass in that unless it's spilling out.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I just thought, I enjoyed Tom Daly's effort. I appreciated the way he looked in his.
1: Me too. Me too. It's good for an Instagram photo. At least. Yes,
0: and honestly, I mean, do it for the gram. Do it for the gram.
1: Absolutely.
0: I did it for the gram. I posted some photos. You know, one of my favorite brands is Cock Socks. C-O-X. Oh, yeah. I know. C-O-X. And they're doing a, m- a month, my socks for the month. So I sent them some of my photos in their um, Speedos and underwears and they posted it. I said, well, thank you.
1: Well, it's been wonderful hanging with you and everybody, Emerson, what? I know, do you have, what? You have a busy
0: class this week? Anything else before Friday? That debate on Thursday night, obviously we'll be no, talking no. about it on Friday.
1: I'm gonna have to, you know, and I don't have DVR here. I'm going to have to just look at highlights and watch it when I get home or not. Um, you but, can see the good
0: clips online. The best part is, did you see, the debate organization said they will be using the mute button during their two-minute opening statements. This is going to. This
1: is what it's going to look like.
0: Or you're going to hear Trump, like, yelling in the background of Biden's, like... Night. I know,
1: because they're going to be, like, 12 feet apart from each other, but you could actually, you will hear if he goes off, it's going to be embarrassing. Uh, y'all, if you haven't voted and you can vote, vote. If you haven't registered to vote, I don't know if it's too late in your state, but if it's not registered to vote, let's vote y'all. I'm wearing my mask today to class that my daughter made. Oh, that's the wrong side. It says I voted. Oh, that's upside, upside down. down.
0: And But thank you to Victor, who's the only person who's tipped in today's show so far. If you want to send us a tip on Venmo at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. We know a lot of you are watching the
1: show later. Hello to you all. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on Friday. See you Friday.